house is already set at last. This is the best, the best of it. The best ones aren't as good as you probably think they are. What is best in life? I did the best I could. Doing my best. Best, 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 best. of the best with myself Connor Keys alongside me as always is Mr. Moronan Mullen with our most serene intro that's beautiful ever it? yeah quite and we're gonna ruin it gonna destroy it <laughs> uh just to sort of sum up today's uh episode <laughs> uh yeah so you're you can tell from the theme tune and of course the name of the episode that it is faulty tires um uh one of our best of the best uh, in regards to tv um a very seminal uh, comedy show that, um, to me and to Mr. Mullen, is still uh, one of the best that has ever been done. Yeah. We uh, we love it. So we're going to start from the very, very start. So take us back to 1975. Take us back, Mr. Mullen. It's um, John Cleese isn't quite the John Cleese we know, even from the height of Monty Python sort of powers. He's... Uh-huh. He's a scriptwriter and he's worked on numerous shows and Python is about, but the Holy Grail's released this year. Um, and himself and his wife, Connie Booth, mm-hmm. uh, who plays Polly, yeah. uh, they are writing a sitcom. But as Lore explains, it takes a long time because they want it to be perfect. Every yeah. episode has to be perfect. So I think it took them like six weeks to write every episode mm-hmm. um, five days of rehearsal and then every episode is filmed in one day so but because it was brought to the BBC and nobody believed in it at all no it didn't get a no. yeah nobody gave it a chance no at all. they were only given £6,000 for the whole thing Crazy. so Cleese had to supplement his income by doing ad work Mm-hmm. And further writing work, and we take on jobs just to help pay for them to be able to sit down and write this thing. Yeah, because the money they were given the BBC, basically. Yeah, and even when it came to the filming of the episodes, they said the budget was twenty thousand pound to to film the episode, which at that stage, which was, is production, yeah, d- director, but there other was, actors. The case was probably on like a four hundred pound fee. Yeah, by the time they get everything done, crew and lighting and all the rest, mm-hmm. and. uh to see the outcome then, to see the output that came from such a low budget um, is just a, 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 an immense credit to the writing yeah. and to the ability. And uh, I think it needed that duo. It needed the two of them. It needed Connie Booth's input as much as it needed Cleese's. Definitely. Um, you know, and you can see one of the very first maybe that had um, the f- a female character as strong as Sybil. Perel Sybil that had to put up with <laughs> the yeah. shite of Basil. Sybil, um, so, she she handles her own like. She, oh, she does. I'm saying she's she, very very strong and she's very and, yeah. and po- Polly's sort of like Polly's the complete moral middle point of the whole thing. 
yeah you're you're agreeing with her on every point yeah, and she's every a, time she's rolling her eyes you're going jesus how yeah. the she's the compass mm-hmm. if you've never seen faulty towers uh you know we 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 probably don't know you um well, there's only 12 episodes so if you haven't seen episodes, it uh each one of them are just a, a an absolute diamond um mm-hmm. but if you haven't seen it so it's based in a very very dodgy hotel in turkey in turkey uh, uh and basil faulty I, I don't know how to describe him he's disgustingly funny and he's <laughs> neurotic he's egotistical he's demented but he's easily the, the funniest performance and yes. character i've seen on a tv show yeah and i uh, i think anybody listening to this if you haven't seen it um you have to give like we always say about most of the things that we talk about on this sh- uh, podcast give a context so you have to think in 1975, you have yeah. to think that this was very brand new to have a character like that. A character, if you want to call it like an anti-hero. Mm-hmm. Somebody you shouldn't like, but you actually <laughs> really do. Yeah. Uh, and again, as you say, it's testament to the performance of it. But uh, back to the writing bit about it. Uh, you've got the two of them together. I think they have said in later years that it was maybe that the only thing that kept them together at that point was the actual yeah. writing process of this. They were, they were married, they have a child, but between season one and season two, they got divorced. Mm-hmm. So they still sat down as a divorced couple and wrote the second season. Which is mental. Which is mental, and it took as long as the first. Mm-hmm. So you're talking six weeks an episode of just writing, so just those two writing. And that would be pretty tough but mm. you, you don't see it in season two at all no not at all no they interact as much if not more than they did in the first season yeah i was going to say maybe even an improvement than mm-hmm. not being together so the gap was 1975 was season one and then we have 1979 79. so your four-year gap um and they say a I, lot I, of I, the we should point out because we're such young fresh gentlemen that this was broadcast before we were even born not even a notion not even a notion um so but you can't uh, take a look at anything modern day comedy ways without having some um, reference to the the Definitely. embryo that was Faulty Tires that was the reason for any anti-hero you see today mm-hmm. including the likes of our Tony Sopranos and all the rest it's, you can see the evolution in the last 30 yeah. years 35 years of liking people you shouldn't like yeah they, they could be cynical they could be hateful spiteful mm-hmm. they could be hurtful yeah. Uh, uh, all of the as above fucking beautifully sarcastic as bad and, as and <laughs> horribly sarcastic to absolutely <laughs> everyone but 9 out of 10 usually wrong <laughs> but here's the thing this is what I liked about it and there's a wee bit of you can definitely see uh, future people have used like Gervais has done a bit with oh he's he's, yeah, he's mentioned he's, it yeah. numerous, it's the it's his favourite like. Basil's not like that to everyone He's all, he will definitely suck up to anybody that's he seems or he deems as being of uh, a higher of a higher caliber yes <laughs> none of the riffraff none of the riffraff uh he so he, this is this is the this is the sort of the dichotomy of it all is it's such a shithole of a hotel um that you but yet the perception he has and the opinion he has of himself is that he's running the fucking ritz he's running the ritz <laughs> and even from the first episode i think it's the first episode remember he's trying to hang the painting uh-huh. Never keeps bothering him. Yeah. The simplest task that he's been asked to do 
takes him forever to do it. And he blames every wee thing on keeping him from doing it. And you see that in later episodes quite a bit. But And the dynamic of him and Sybil. Yeah. You know, it's just... You don't, like, I don't know how... Sometimes they were so vitriolic. Yeah, the how are they lines, a couple? Like, the lines that he would say under his breath, you know, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> some of the uh, the ways he describes her. Um, my little viper's nest. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, and she uh, obviously is more than fit. That's what we talk about, how more strong and independent. More than fit for Basil. And knows everything about him and everything he's trying to do everything every, he's about to every do every scam he's trying to do every yep. thought that he has about people yep she's there and she's she got him like, yeah um no the 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 other sort of characters if you want then you see you've got uh, which is said, which which there's very few very few so you've got the three we talked about which was basil and his wife sybil and then we have polly who so they is, both run they run the hotel, the hotel. polly own works the hotel. they own the hotel so polly basically works as I think they mentioned in one episode she comes in and helps with dinners. Yes. But she's basically left to do everything. Everything, yeah. Um, so she's that's the third. Then we get on to... Sort of more... Uh, other De- definitely the character that when they were writing the whole thing, they went, there has to be a yeah. constant ball of energy that should be the light of your day, but to Basil is his antithesis yeah. <laughs> and it just happens to be he, oh, yeah. <laughs> a spanish waiter <laughs> called manuel who doesn't speak a lot of english uh it was uh <laughs> it was a master stroke of a character in fairness and um and i think at that time too it was hitting that sort of period of the 70s where you were starting to see uh, an influx in maybe of newcomers and and people in positions especially within the the hospitality industry uh, yes <laughs> so Manuel so you've got that as you say that energy there that um, that Basil's able to bounce off and quite literally he bounced off quite literally times. a lot of slapping and hitting and uh, the spoon to the tooth <laughs> do, you one remember, was, <laughs> do you remember the episode where Basil's outside fixing the car and Manuel comes running out and goes telephone and he's like get Get, get my wife where's my wife and he's like okay and then Basil just gets so annoyed that he goes in to answer the phone and as he walks in through the front door of the hotel Sybil comes out and lifts the phone <laughs> and then Manuel turns around and runs away and he runs after him grabs him brings him to in between him himself and his wife and goes points at his wife Basil's wife Basil slapped her face and then he hits him <laughs> slapping slap and, and then he walks on but some of the best it's it's some of the best physical comedy you'll see on yeah. TV, but we'll get to that. But there's there's one or two moments where, <laughs> in that episode I was talking about, uh, Basil's trying to hang this painting. Again, the phone's ringing behind him. Nobody's there. So he it's keeps a moose's shouting. head, isn't it? No, no, it's the painting in the first oh, episode. Oh, the painting in the, the first moose's head's head in the German. It's the German one, yes, okay. So he says, um, just keep shouting, can somebody please get the phone? Can somebody please get the phone? And he's roaring, 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 and Manuel comes running out of the kitchen with a big smile on his face, like, I'm getting dance on the phone. <laughs> and then he goes, not you! <laughs> and then he turns around with a big disappointed head. But seeing his face running towards the camera, so happy. Oh, so, uh, played by Andrew Sachs. Yep. Um, who sadly passed away in 2016, but I think at that time, I can, I can only speculate from what I'm, I'm hearing about it, but 
he was the star of the show as such at the time he became such a yeah uh, an iconic figure and ever since he's become um even more iconic as the years went on because like we say it's kind of back to the the the, the quality not quantity there's only 12 episodes yeah so it, it, it relied a lot and happened to be a lot of reruns a lot of repeats over and over the years and uh, i know that's how i came upon it was yeah it was um, definitely from the reruns yeah, a lot of reruns and uh, and i didn't know when it was originally aired none of the titles came up at the start of the tv show oh it right. didn't say faulty tours just relied on you seeing the mm-hmm. sign which at the start iconically has like letters missing every yes, episode i love that yeah or it says warty tiles mm-hmm. or farty tiles or something and they have the most the most famous one that caused them real trouble uh was it the fourth or fifth episode of the second season flyery twats flyery twats. <coughs> flyery twats what's got them into a lot of trouble because it's 1979 you know and um yeah, the censorship problem. So flyery twats, um, I thought was a very bold move. And yeah. They got away with it and uh, uh-huh. still up there. So when we seen it, we seen it with the titles on and the main yeah, thing. Yeah, we seen everything. It was it was all reruns, like. Yeah, uh, and uh, even as a child, Manuel was my favorite because there was this element to it, and that's what we talked about there briefly was the, the physical element to it. But you have everything here. You've got the writing, you've got the performance, you've got the physicality of not just Manuel but also Cleese himself. Yes, um, you have the the some great um, one-off characters mm-hmm. who are um, which take over huge portions <laughs> of large like oh, every sorry. single episode. There's a new character who is there too. Yeah, <laughs> roll past them the wrong way. And yes, they will intentionally or not. Mm-hmm. But they, um, yeah. So, but w- with Manuel in particular. Not only was he a good physical comedian, and he was delivering the lines perfectly, mm-hmm. and he was able to jump in and out of. He's German born, raised in England, and he was able to put on a perfect Spanish accent that was mimicking an English accent at times. Yes, remember when he was trying that to was, talk on the phone, mm-hmm. and he Which was going "Hello," <laughs> I, and he was doing it like so. You're like he's doing yeah. three accents there on top of each other. Unreal. But then his actual acting. You felt so sorry for him sometimes. You were so happy for him. You realized it's the wee he, run round he where he, he like sort of he, he sort of had the wee like a chimp like stance. Yes, where he sort of hunched over and, and everything. Run, the, yeah. the jacket was too tight, mm-hmm. and he would sort of hunch. Aye, he would lean forward and um and it's a writer's dream in that sense because you've got the language barrier. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the, the on those trays. When he's telling, <laughs> I want the the butter on those trays. Yeah. he was pointing, and he goes, "No, no, 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 unos dos trays, <laughs> unos dos trays." And he goes, "No, on those trays." Um, the I know nothing became sort of his uh, catchphrase, if you want to call it that. Maybe the first time it ever really happened. Well, there, there was guys. I live in Cassidy Park when I was away, and there was kids that used to run around going i know nothing <laughs> and i'd be going what are you i don't know this before i'd seen it yeah uh and it's it happens a couple of scenes a couple of episodes where he does it but the one in particular is when he's uh been asked to hide the winnings yeah. from uh from from basil's wife so basil has put a bet on he's hiding it from his wife uh civil and uh manuel earlier, has went to put it on yeah earlier on he was told manuel you know nothing when it comes to the bet yeah which took forever for him to get understand that and part. understand and then we get to the end of the episode, and uh, when he does need to say that the money was actually belonging to. to his, he, uh, of course, plays a blinder. And uh, I think we'll get a wee lesson now to we see how it goes. 
I know nothing. <laughs> what? I know nothing. No, 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 no. Nothing. No, no, forget that. No, I forget everything. I know nothing. No, no, you can tell her. You can no, tell her. I cannot. You just tell her. Tell her. Tell her. Oh, tell her. Please, please. Tell her. Tell her. Tell her. No, I know nothing. I am from Barcelona. <laughs> Um, that's him playing on <coughs> everybody else saying it's okay he's from Barcelona yeah so he's putting himself down while he's standing smiling knowing that he's just done what he's supposed to do but he wasn't supposed to do it that time <laughs> oh, that's so good uh, there are like a plus and a negative the joy of one of the things is, is there's so little episodes it's kind of easier to narrow down to a favourite but you kind of would love to see more yeah. Um, but 12 episodes, you know, six in each series. And um, very hard to pick a favourite, uh, to be honest with you. I, I, I have so many standout moments on different episodes, you know, the combination yeah. of all. I think, is it, what are we right in saying? The Germans is probably the most famous, it's, maybe? It's the, the most, most notorious and famous. Uh, well, let's not beat around the bush with the, yeah. the Germans is spectacularly racist, like. Yeah, well, uh, no, I'm not even talking about the the German portion. It's it's probably racist. There's in a bit sense, early on, remember? Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Where yeah. the major's talking about this yeah. and that, yeah, and you're going, oh, oh yeah, oh, my, like yeah. nobody's reacting to this. Remember, 1975. Yeah. Clay's uh, did say that the German thing was um, shining a light mainly on the 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 British mentality of those who hung on to those sort of. Yes. He wanted to show that up, you know, which. Sadly, is still about in it, it, uh, it, it, it 2019, is, it, it which is, is relevant, yeah. 40 years this year Yeah, for season two. That's mad. We never thought, we didn't know that. <laughs> you, you just said it. Oh, yeah. We just figured that out there as we talked. Uh, yeah, so, the, I mean, the context, again, has to play a part. I mean, there were, like everything, I mean, you can go back to, you can go back to anything and, and, and find lines that are, um, you would never say today. No, uh, you know, there's loads of stuff like that, um, but it's very, very little within Valley Towers. Once or twice it happens. The rest was very, very. Um, there's a lot of references to the Irish and all yeah. that stuff early on, but it's it's done such a playful. Even though it's a horrible character, it's done in such a playful way. You don't like even watch it again recently. I went, eh, it's still ah oh, well. Yeah, I just sort of moved on. Like I'm, if yeah, you, if really I'm going to get offended by that, yeah. I'm going to get really offended but you all have the time. To, you have to be able to give it context. Yeah. You have to know about Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Somebody who's writing it today and setting it in 1979, you wouldn't get away with it. No, you wouldn't. You know, but, and, and nor should you, but it's just at that time, and I said it was right or wrong, but it it uh, can't be the, the, the thing that holds it down because it, it doesn't. No, it, it doesn't but even the, the character that's saying it in the episode has just got out of hospital. He's demented, even yeah. more so than he usually is. He's been sort of bumping into walls and not figuring out how to get he, he's left hospital with against the doctor's advice and he's mm-hmm. come into work with a bandage on his head <laughs> and he's shouting at Germans about you can't mention the war and he keeps mentioning the war <laughs> but early on the, the what I referenced was an old there's another character in the show um, the major the major and he's clearly just like semi catatonic drunk all day mm-hmm. always looking for a paper L- long-term resident lives long ter- he, lo- he, he lives there lives there yeah and it came out of his mouth. So you're going, mm. oh, well, 
Yeah. It came out of the biggest yeah. Egypt's mouth. That's it. Wearing all the medals and all the rest. Where he's wearing all, all his medals. He's the yeah. only one that Basil always has time for. Yes. <laughs> and never gives him any grief. <laughs> and it's because he was in the service. Yeah. And oh. there's a there's a history. Oh, and Basil, Basil would think so highly of himself being in service too, but Basil thought he was in service, but he was mainly the catering. He was mainly in the catering. <laughs> 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 he says a, something about took, took out a few men. Took out a few men. <laughs> Uh, and you have yeah so you have secondary characters coming in like that the major is sort of a mainstay not as often as Manuel and the rest but it no. will pop up in, in, in most episodes yeah and, you see um, him talking about in the background you but also have a couple like in regards to Chef um, you've got Terry in the second season the second he pops season. up yeah pops up as a younger uh, chef uh, but you've got the standout episodes of Germans we talked about you've got the Waldorf salad yes episode um, mm-hmm. which is the, the highfalutin American landed on. <laughs> and uh, again, you're talking about the, the the culture clashes, and obviously it's the writing skill of the American versus the, the Brit. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> Basil trying to wangle the fucking lock a pound out of him. Uh, and for a Waldorf, so he asked for a Waldorf salad, so I'm sorry we're all out of Waldorfs at the moment. <laughs> 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 Not a fucking notion what it was. I don't know. Um, I mean, again, you're you're talking like some great uh, physical comedy in that with him back and forth in the kitchen, and yeah, uh, he's basically trying to fool this American guy that he has uh, uh, that he the chef has stayed on for him mm-hmm. to cook whatever he wants. But Basil told the chef to come, and he pocketed the money himself. Yeah, and now he has to pretend he knows how to make a Walter salad, mm-hmm. <laughs> celery, apples, walnuts, and grapes. <laughs> Uh, so the it, the thing is too at the time it was a weird thing for Faulty Towers because they were very strict on time slots on TV yeah but Faulty Towers broke the rules there as well you've was got it, a, was it even over the you've got a couple like uh, like 32 you've mm-hmm. wanted like 36 minutes you've done, so they didn't even and that's what I loved about it there was no cutting no. they weren't allowed to edit anything out uh, as Cleese and uh as both both as they saw it, it was as as uh, sold as seen sort of thing, mm-hmm. which was a brave move for them at the time. But you have to think of the context of Cleese at the time. You, as you say, you've got Monty Python is just about to blow up after the first season. Well, the in the middle of the first season, nineteen seventy five, and and yeah, so they're the, they've released their first film. Yeah, which just and happens it becomes, to be it happens to be the Holy Grail, mm. and it's huge. Yeah, and it makes. A lot of money around the world because people just find it mentally funny. Yeah. It's ludicrous in every way possible. Mm-hmm. And it's got more iconic scenes than I'd say even Airplane. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's just, yeah. it's it's so good. And they became huge. And people say a lot of the gap between 75 and 79, season one, season two of this, is because Cleese was just doing so much and he was promoting Python and they were doing live yeah, shows. Yeah, like he was and lying back fucking no. loading it up. I mean, he just produced two, uh, st- produced and starred in two of the biggest uh, comedy yeah. films of all time in the um, middle of two of the best seasons of comedy TV yeah. of all time. Yeah. So you're going, that's, you're hitting fucking three-pointers there all the time. Uh-huh. And the breakdown of his marriage, they say the other half is obviously her resistance to wanting to, which is completely reasonable, <laughs> wanting to get into a room with her ex-husband who she's just divorced from yeah, and who's that's, that's off doing his Hollywood stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, c- I could see that. 
But I don't know how she did it. Fair I point. really don't. That second season should have been a shit show, but it was pure genius. It's amazing. That's not even better than the first. Well, my my favorite episode is the first episode of season two, the one with the old lady, Mrs. Richards. Oh, is that the who complains? Oh yeah, constantly about absolutely everything, <laughs> and even she's when she's hear, proven she's, wrong, she's a hearing aid. She's a hearing aid, which she says she doesn't turn on because it wastes the battery. And then she majestically still hears what she wants, but doesn't hear everything else. So the interaction between her and Basil in particular is, uh, it's a work of art. Oh, it really is. Like. Uh, their first interaction. Uh, here she is. I can't remember her name. I'll find out here. <coughs> Good morning, madam. Can I help you? Are you the manager? I am the owner, madam. What? I am the owner. I want to speak to the manager. I am the manager too. What? I am the manager as well. Manager, he manager. You're what? I'm the manager. What? I'm the manager. Yes, I know. You've just told me. What's the matter with you? Now listen to me. I booked a room with a bath. When I book a room with a bath, hmm. I expect to get a bath. You've got a bath. I'm not paying seven pounds twenty pence per night plus VAT for the room the without a bath. Where is your bath? You call that a bath? It's not big enough to dry the mouse. It's disgraceful. I wish you were a mouse on a tree. Those sarcastic asides are always brilliant. Yeah, and um, it gets progressively more acidic as yeah. it goes on. But it's it's the fact that this in this one episode. This is also the the racehorse episode. Yes. This is the so one, there's the two one things yeah. over over, and there's an ep- instance with a, a vase that she bought and the winnings. Uh-huh. You have to watch it. I don't really want to ruin this one if you haven't seen it. So, yeah. how they entered uh, intertwined the storyline, and that was uh, first class. Um, for that, in regards to the money, and you heard the clip earlier on of Manuel. Um, ah, it's the same episode. Denying anything about the money, yeah. Like, and they're two of the the best bits I've seen in TV, and they're in the one episode. <laughs> one episode. Uh, that I I I swing between that one and the uh, the psychiatrist. Yes, the couple. The couple yeah. come along, and uh, Basil's really really freaking out about the psychiatrist down there. Because again, you have to think of the context where psychiatry was quite new uh, mm-hmm. in the seventies, and and they genuinely uh, the general public <laughs> thought that these fuckers are reading your mind. Yeah, head doctors. Yeah, all they focus on the sex with your mother and stuff. Well, that's uh, all they knew about it back then because that's the, it. They didn't know the, people yet. just used to say Freud. He talked yeah. about having sex with you're like, that's, that's all not fo- all he talked yeah, about. Yeah, that's all they focused on, yeah. Uh, so, the, But the psychiatrist one, I think that was uh, in, in, um, in season one. Season uh, two? Uh, season two as it's well. Season two as oh, well. Yeah. Um, the Germans. Uh, season one. That's season, the end of season, end of season one. one. I mean, it was great the way Cleese brought in the uh, Monty Python reference with the Ministry of Silly Walks. Yes. Um, the goose devil. <laughs> Which, if you haven't seen that episode, it's already ramping up. Oh, People yeah. in the audience are freaking out yeah. at him talking about the war and the Germans' reactions of, can you please stop talking? <laughs> and then, like, out of nowhere, he puts the fingers up to the, the, his lip oh, to illustrate about the, the Hitler moustache and then does the full goose stepping through both sets. Both the sets. And, and the, the audience, end. you can hear people falling. Like, yeah. it's I just, mean, it's... Uh, the problem is, if you were to watch it now and not seen Monty Python, 
it looks like a load of people cheering the mm-hmm. step, but they're not getting the reference to the Ministry of Silly Walks yeah. in uh, in Monty Python, and uh, which he didn't even write for Monty Python. No, he just so performed it. He yeah. just performed it, but yeah. was doing it so well. They went, let's so get him to so, do it. He's so physical, so physical mm-hmm. for such a, a long, lanky, yeah, yeah. like he's sort of tall skin. He is unbelievable. Um, and even the way <laughs> the way they have to interact, the first season you can definitely see the difference between the first and second season in the set. In the set, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the set's about to fall apart. It doesn't quite fall apart as much. <laughs> no. um, there's, an, there's an episode early on in season one where they have to change. There's a pile of Irish tradesmen that come in. The builders. And they have to take the door off <laughs> and make another door and block another door and everything goes wrong because <laughs> nobody knows what's going on because Basil isn't there. Or Sybil. Sybil's not there, and Basil uh, did what the <coughs> one thing she said not to do was to go to O'Reilly. Yes. Uh, the the Irish builders. She wanted the other builder. It's a bit of a stereotype uh, there now, at least now, in all fairness now. Irish builders are fucking... I don't know what was going on in 1970s, probably. Because I know a few Irish builders now, and I wouldn't trust them put the Lego together. <laughs> uh, the... the so yes, the, these uh, dodgy builders come in. Of course, Basil gets them because he was and like, they're full. They're cheap. Yeah. How about how about Irish? Oh, like they're the most stereotypical. Uh, what do you call the, the one guy fight? Uh, who played them? Um, who played the Irish builder? He played was in, a, uh, I had his name on me. Kelly, David Kelly, is it? He played. Um, he was in Wicked Ned as well. Yes, he was. That's right. Uh, I mean the that episode is. Bang on, David Kelly. David Kelly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that that uh, episode shows up everything you need to know about Basil. <laughs> Just cutting corners, doing whatever the fuck he can for for the cheap. Um, what I love about that, if you watch it now in hindsight, and you've, as, as I remember seeing a, a documentary on it, where when Sybil finally gets the Irish builders at the end of the episode and starts baiting them. Yeah, she just baits everybody. But she had, apparently the there was an issue where the... They wanted the proper, like, hits, so they stuffed the umbrella full of weights. So if you take a look at it, she's swinging an umbrella that is full-on battering David Kelly and Cleese. everywhere, like... Everywhere you take a look at it and you see the bulge of the umbrella, they have filled that with stuff. What the And f- it was to do was because, something to do with, it was too late the way it was earlier when she was swinging it. So this way, it, she had to put a bit of motion into it and the weight, and you can see them... Um, if you actually look closely, you can see them really reacting to being hurt. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck the reason was, um, but it, it, it played out so well. Uh, so overall, I mean, you, we talked about 12 episodes. There's not, um, I don't see a, a weak point in any of them. No, I, I mean. Every single one has. Um, there's a there's there's a disclaimer at the start of the Germans one that there's some outdated humor. I, I, once you put a disclaimer up, it just puts a negative straight away. And I don't, I still don't, like when I was a kid, I still knew that, that their words were wrong and what was being said was wrong. Yeah. But it was done in the context that we so well to know. Yeah, exactly. It was and there's so a few well. other references on, like throughout. A few derogatory re- remarks about women too. It's it, There's a few where you're going, but he's reacting yeah. like a spoiled child to his oh, wife absolutely. telling him what to yeah. do. Or Polly outwitting him. Or things that we wouldn't think about now, for instance, where, uh, again, the context, the time of when it was being aired, um, the couple that come along that aren't married and want a room. Yeah. 
you know, this is yes. such a no-no. Which he doesn't realize is actually yeah. for a wedding party for their wedding. Yeah. Because they didn't have to tell him. No. But then, you know, the, the very fact, and that for us now in this day and age, watching this, if you're watching it fresh, going, that's, what's that big, you know. Yeah, but of course. Just, at the time, it was. Um, and it, actually, at the time, it wasn't. It was just Basil was holding on it was to him. the ones that were... Yeah. We're thinking they got 10, 20 years earlier, um, uh, and that showed a lot about him. He just didn't like anybody else having fun. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's all it was. There was nothing else to it. He that's fucking hated exactly what else it happy. Is. Like, yeah. And then on the flip of that, anytime anyone, like I said, outsmarted him in any way or spoke down to him, he would be derogatory or say something hateful. Yeah. And he, he was just a brat. Like. That's it, yeah. He's always oh, not, that's the thing, he's not a nice person. He's not a good guy. No. But you fucking love him. Oh, he's class. <laughs> he really is. Uh, the the episode about uh, where they have the gourmet dinner night. Oh, yeah. And he has to keep going to another restaurant because <laughs> the chef he got is drunk because he's in love with Manuel and tried to kiss him. <laughs> so then they try to fight him to try to wake him up and he passes out. And he has to arrange with the, the other chef who recommended this chef to start cooking duck from his restaurant. So Basil, in this car that's a heap of dung and keeps breaking down, he's keeps going back and forth between the <laughs> restaurant to get the duck, but something always happens. <laughs> and it's in those episodes, it's in that episode in particular, where you not only see how manic it was filming. Yeah. And but you genuinely believe he's going to have a nervous breakdown. Yeah, he's he's, <laughs> he's absolutely so well. panting. Like, yeah. And at the end, he reveals that you know, he didn't have the duck at all after he went back the second time. But the car breaks down, and it's one of the most iconic scenes in the whole of the season, of the, the series, <laughs> where he beats the shed into the car with a big branch <laughs> whilst giving off to it like a human for letting him down again. <laughs> and he's in the street. This is out of the actual set. And... I, you know, even now when I watch it, yeah, I think it, it's it's so hysterically funny. Yeah, but I just, can't imagine 1975, 76 when this oh, aired. Oh, it must have been unreal. I'd have been in fucking oh, fits. It's so good, and because it's just as not you to say, say it was a lesser amount of humor, but it was mainstream BBC it was, comedy. It, it is, and a lot of these people so hadn't physical, watched Monty Python. Like, it just sums up him. Yeah. As you say, he's talking to the car like a human. He's chatting away to the car. He's beating it with a branch, so yeah. he knows he's not doing actual damage to it. He just wants to fucking hit something. <laughs> just hit it with something. Um, I, I always, uh, the same episode, the Germans one, um, in regards to the, uh, when he was in concussion after the, yes. the moose head falls, off, which is the reason why he goes into the whole rant with the Germans. But uh, just something that sums him up is the, uh, the, the hospital bed one. Mm-hmm. Where he sees the the nurse. Come along. Don't Thank touch me. Bed. I don't know where you've been. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we must have our love jokes. Yes, we must, mustn't we? <laughs> My God, you're ugly, aren't you? That's <laughs> <laughs> all. Hmm. I'll I'll get the doctor. You need a plastic surgeon, dear, not a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> so again, you're talking such a. Nineteen seventy-five. <laughs> um, but the joy of it is, and that's him. Uh, it's different. Yes, it's 1975, but it's, he's still smart enough to write it in the context that Basil's only saying this because he has concussion. And he's a fool. And he's a fool. But it was smart enough to know it that was. it wasn't a comment that was coming out yes. of a normal thinking mind. Yes. Uh, Even somebody's as fucked up as oh, Basil's. Uh, yeah, yeah, it had to be concussion to make him go that level. No, I agree yeah. with you. But it, uh, it also explains w- within the writing, and this wasn't from John Cleese, people were saying, basically when the show went out to different countries, 
and it was syndicated to all these different networks around the world. In Spain, Manuel was changed to an Italian because yes. it was very offensive to Spanish people. So when this was put to Andrew Sachs, he said, if you think Manuel is discriminating against Spanish, can you imagine how English people feel about Faulty? Mm-hmm. And it's an amazing point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Because he's the biggest fool in the whole show. Biggest asshole, yeah. And mm-hmm. he is as English as it gets. Mm-hmm. So he was deliberately writing the most hateful, horrible, yeah. scurrilous person in the whole show was him. So any comments made are coming from an idiot. Yeah. And and the thing, they, they I don't know if they purposely made, as we said earlier, uh, Polly being the, the moral compass, but Polly's the only one normal. In the She's whole the thing. only yeah. one normal in the whole show. Um, and Sybil, I mean, <laughs> she puts up all that, but she's, those telephone calls. <laughs> her laugh is based on Connie Booth's laugh. Oh, is that right? Her laugh. Apparently Connie Booth does that <laughs> laugh. And Prunella Scales heard it and went, can I do that laugh? I'm going to see if I can get, um, if we can see. Sybil? Yeah. No. <laughs> exactly. I know you have. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, I know. Are you going to like that all night? I know. Oh, I know. <laughs> no idea. Oh, I know. It was pitch black in there <laughs> with its hand. Oh, I know. <laughs> a man is a man. <laughs> the um, massive shout out as well to Prunel Scales, who's class in the oh, show. Oh, she's first class, yeah. She plays us so well. Um, out of all of them honestly I think Polly's the the one who looks like the who hasn't had the most acting training or who looks the most uncomfortable at times yes in her own skin because it's her words it's her character uh-huh. it's basically her yeah uh, even though Connie Booth's American yeah but the accents are so good the, no the yeah, accents great accent's like bang on yeah but and then again, you think about it and go that whirlwind of Sybil, Basil, and Manuel going around her. <laughs> it needed. You yeah. would, you would, you know, you would look crap. You would look l- lesser, not crap, but you wouldn't look as good. No. Because it's you're literally walking in there going, you know, I'm a really good footballer. And I just love playing football. And yeah, he's up and coming. He's amazing. All that. There's Messi and Ronaldo. They're there too. And you're like, <laughs> you don't look as good anymore. You're still good. <laughs> yeah. But that's, it's not. No, it's, uh, I, and, I think she, uh, in, in later years of the interviews and stuff, I mean... She avoided it. Yeah, Notoriously, she, she avoided stay, it yeah, stay for 30 it, years or something. Yeah. She uh, didn't talk about it to anyone? Didn't, like, yeah. Well, she left acting. She went on to do, like, psychotherapy or something and... But, do what you want to do, that's fine, but if you created something well, like that... Well, if you're married to Cleese, you would want fucking to go into psychotherapy or something yeah. and save you a fortune. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but apparently their relationship is fine. Obviously, they've got a daughter together and she's starting a few well, films. It, it, must have been, it must have been fine for them to go and... Do it again. Right, season two. So uh, And the anniversary documentary, she's in it. She's in she came back yeah, to she talk. Came back and, that, yeah. and uh, so the aftermath of that then, I mean, we talk about season two and we said 1979. We should also point out what Monty Python were doing in 1979. That was the life of Brian. Yeah. So, if you <laughs> so you're, what yeah. a four-year output. Yeah. That's, two seasons that's of Fawlty Towers, Holy Grail. And then the life of Brian, yeah. Which uh, and writing Monty Python in between and performing, yeah, the TV live. shows, yeah, and doing the live, yeah, and all. Um, I, I mean, 
life of Brian. It's where it went in regards to at the time of the protests and stuff mm-hmm. um, was they weren't expecting or probably not only smart there they probably were expecting it they probably were expecting um, it but they didn't but think the they'd be on TV shows the publicity that they got from it oh. um, which then in turn boosted Faulty Towers to the next level because Cleese had been boosted to the next level mm-hmm. um, so the, the, the individuals involved in Monty Python were all smart enough to blame Monty Python for being the anti-Semitic oh, anti-Christian mm-hmm. uh, mocking uh, Christ etc yep they never blamed each other. No, 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 no. So the actors went on <laughs> to have convincingly yeah. great careers. careers, oh yeah. And they got away with basically, they never ever went, aren't you the... But they did go on, there's an infamous TV show where it's a chat show. That's right. And them all Palin yeah. and Cleese are there with some of the leaders of the Church of Canterbury or something. The like church that? is there, yeah, there's some bishops. And he's yeah. just giving it the, you have desecrated <laughs> the memory of Christ. And they're all like, no, we didn't. No, we didn't, no. Nah, Fuck you, like. Fuck you which is brilliant. That's first class, <laughs> brilliant. Because that interview uh, uh, alone, they took such a moral high ground. Oh, and they they the looked, like they they looked just, completely sensible. They he looked, looked deranged. He looked the fucking the crazy character yeah. that the Pythons would normally come up with. Uh, and that's so. I mean, but to have that second season of Faulty Towers and come in and Life of Brian in the same year. I mean, after Life of Brian, you couldn't have seen the third season. I don't think it would have happened. Maybe if Life of Brian hadn't happened and the money hadn't come in the way it did, a third season might have been a bit more it's enticing. Possible. Maybe, but, but that's that's me and you speculating that's, that's, big time. You see, you can't guess where things could have went. What happened? It just stopped then. So we ended up with a uh, a lovely twelve, um, which is brilliant. With no special or nothing, the gathering. No, 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 no. Not, just no need for just twelve. They've revisited the characters numerous times. Mm-hmm. Uh, the individuals. The, there, there was a play. That's right. Yeah. And it was previewed in Australia and stuff, and it got a load of... Did you ever see the American version? There's been like three. Oh, was there? There's oh, been I've loads. One. But I remember a whoa, clip whoa, whoa, whoa. of one that was truly awful. Truly, there was one where uh, they flipped the sexes, and it was Basil's character was the female. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. No. And I think all of them like got to one or two, or, or, or a season, and then they didn't bother showing the rest of them. <laughs> just <laughs> no. Pure. You couldn't. I mean, you just can't. You can't replicate that. Uh, and also Manuel Andrew Sachs did a record remember that no he did a record um, remember that Shut Up Your Face oh no he, way he but it, there was an injunction taken out by the original writer and he wasn't allowed to release it but he did release songs as Manuel as Manuel get out I would have milked that fucking cow too boy well fuck it right I'd have been in a fucking Kellogg box with no bother <laughs> Why is it relevant to have Manuel in front of my cornflakes? Shut up. Oh, hello there. I found it. Shut up your face. Uh-huh. Oh, we've got to see what this thing is about. Then. I've never actually heard it. Oh, this is my... Here is song for you. I sing it myself. Fuck off. Oh, when I was a boy, just oh, about fifth grade. I was expecting Mama like- used to say, don't stay up late. Oh, with the bad boys <laughs> Always shooting pool Son, you're going to flunk at school course. But I don't believe her oh, Boy, it make me sick All the things I have to do oh, Make me sick Just to make a lousy buck Got a feeling like a fool And then my mama, she always said to me What's the matter, you? Okay, got no respect Why? What do you think you do? 
Why you look so sad? It's a not so bad. It's a nicer place. Ah, shut up your face. Yes, my mama. <laughs> shut up your face. You know what? I might be rethinking that Andrew Sachs thing. <laughs> Oh dear lord so See what happens when you have y- bills to pay When you have bills to pay And you've got a lot of spare time so Just shut up your face But let's go back <laughs> Do you know uh, That Faulty is based off An actual Guy No He Monty Python were filming mm-hmm. uh, And they stayed at this hotel Called the Glen Eagles In Turkey mm-hmm. um, And the whole lot were there, and they were all mesmerized by this guy right. who ran the hotel called Donald Sinclair. He was described by the Pythons as the rudest man we've ever came across in our life. And I'm, re- I'm reading this directly. Among such behavior by Sinclair was his criticism of Terry Gilliam's too American table etiquette. <laughs> and Eric Idle's briefcase was tossed out of a window in case it contained a bomb. Asked why anyone would want to bomb the hotel, Mrs. Sinclair replied, we've had a lot of staff problems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Michael Payne said that he, he, he seemed to have a view that guests were a colossal inconvenience. <laughs> but his, like, that, Well, look, we're comfortable. Yeah. So what happened then was the Pythons, within a few days, all of them left. We're like, we're staying somewhere else. This yeah. guy's fucking impossible. Cleese and Connie Booth stayed. <laughs> And just watched them. Observed. Just. And just took down notes. And they were like, Maybe. this is this is impossibly good. And it was the same sort of thing. He'd be walking around the hotel, talking to the hoity-toity mm-hmm. in such high regard. <laughs> but then everybody else was like, okay, come on, come on, come on. And it was ever like, <laughs> you were inconveniencing yeah. me. Like. Uh, and I mean, it's, it's obviously paid off to the point where nobody can do a hotel show since. Nope. No. You couldn't do a hotel comedy now. Um, sitcom. It just wouldn't be. No, you couldn't do it. Nothing's going to go to that. Even with the, the shitty fucking sets and all they had in the first season that you thought were going to fall every time you slammed the door. Yep. Um, you still just, there's nothing you could do writing ways that you could replicate that today. Uh, it almost didn't happen. We have I have the, uh, the letter from the uh, comedy script editor of Light Entertainment, the television, the BBC. Hmm. Uh, so on the 29th of May 1974 the year before it was on air uh, he wrote I'm afraid I thought this one as dire as its title (laughs) it's a kind of Prince of Denmark of the hotel world a collection of cliches and stock characters which I can't see being anything but a disaster (laughs) that's that's genuinely like somebody who only listened to the audio yeah and never because that's what was said as well if you read it in black and white couldn't have translated. You were going, no, this doesn't work, no. but I'll give you a shot. But the physical performances are yeah. so incredible. Performances it, and it the elevates deliver- itself. And, and the delivery of the lines, too. Oh, because, man. I mean, they, those those sarcastic asides that he has or those sort of put downs, they have to be delivered with uh, a sort of what you need. But it's done only through. A comedian would have, you know, yeah, it yeah. It's be, done yeah. through gritted teeth. And mm-hmm. he sort of looks oh, manic when doing it. Yeah. And you're going, this is brilliant. Absolutely perfect. Um, it, I mean, in later years, then we talk. We, we obviously, um, Cleese and Connie Booth um, separated at that time. Thing, yep. But the legacy after that, um, Andrew Sachs, unfortunately, shut up your face. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Uh, in recent years, he he came back into the limelight again. Yeah, remember there, that? There was crack? a strange. It was, it was very weird, isn't it? It so was weird is, for. This is what many I, reasons. Weird for many reasons, but I'm gonna before I let you explain that. But I assume then, because it's such a a national treasure, faulty tires, mm-hmm. that the likes of Sachs or Pernella Scales, because Cleese went stratospheric. He went, you know, Hollywood. He went. Yeah, he was already with Monty Payne, but he was went through the roof. The rest of them then obviously went back to their acting jobs or whatever. Mm-hmm. But they must have been able to dine out on that kudos for a long like time. Like I said, the only one, apart from the two writers, Cleese and, and Connie Booth, everyone else revisited the characters regularly. Yeah. On TV shows, on charity events, and advertisements especially. So they definitely did. Yeah. And so this leads me on to then wondering how the likes of Sax's granddaughter... You know, you could just see, I yeah. was strutting about going, my granddad was Manuel. Okay. <laughs> well, Richard Bedil was on the Russell Brand radio show, which mm-hmm. is on BBC Radio 2, wasn't it? Radio 2 at the time, yeah. And it was a weekly show or whatever. And he was on it and reminded Brand that when he was at his house one time, he'd met this girl. Mm-hmm. who Bran was with. They were together. And she what, said what, to him... What do you mean together, Ron? <laughs> I don't want to get us in trouble. <laughs> oh, he's dead. Sorry. Oh, get us cancelled? Um, <laughs> get us cancelled <laughs> off our own podcast? He's very powerful, Manuel. <laughs> Shut up your face. <laughs> she told him, like, it wasn't brought up. Yeah. This girl, I can't remember her name. Her surname isn't Sachs. No, she's grand. Yeah, and um, she outwardly says, "Do you know my my grandfather is Andrew Sachs?" And he goes, "Manuel." And she was like, "Yes." And he sort of, when she said that, and and Badil mentioned it on Russell Brand's radio show, it sort of set off a spark in his head, because the next guest he had on was Jonathan Ross. Mm-hmm. He deliberately had set up that he was going to get a telephone interview with Andrew Sachs live on the radio. To which the two boys were going to be playing fucking skitter. Mm-hmm. And what ends uh, up yeah, happening... it could have actually been a lot worse. It could have been a fucking whole lot worse. Yeah. Because what was the reason for him to be getting Manuel on? I don't know. Because he had like Noel Gallagher on and all yeah, these yeah. hip and trendy... Yeah. Well, who was going to be listening? 90% of his audience wouldn't have known who Andrew Sachs was. No. And in fact, even after the show aired, until people were told by the newspapers, Andrew Sachs is Manuel, by the way, people were, oh my God, yeah. I wasn't affronted until I knew it was until my Manuel. It was my wee Manuel. So what then happens was they leave voicemail messages hmm. um, because Andrew Sachs, they ring him and he doesn't answer his phone. And this is live on the radio. like Yeah. Oh, I remember it was a big thing. So the there's end, a yeah. big fucking palava because they start leaving messages. Jonathan Ross is in the background going, he shagged your granddaughter. Mm-hmm. And they're leaving sort of suggestive messages the whole time. Completely oblivious. So this is a fucking old man. Yeah, he's not a guy in his 80s just days, man. And... Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, know, it, yeah. like I mean, it's just nobody, like an editor, a producer, somebody should have went, Yusuf, no, we're just wiping that one, boys. Start again. To the point, I just think they knew to let them do it because they knew they were going to get rid of them. This, both were suspended? Yeah, gone. Right the fuck. Even the producer in the BBC was suspended? No. But what it did do, it brought Sax back into, yes. for the wrong reasons. But for the wrong reasons. It, for the wrong reasons, but it brought him back into the limelight. Uh, and then sadly, as I said earlier, he passed away in 2016. So... Um, it wasn't a nice way to, to to end your career in that sense, but no. Um, I don't think apart from 
the, the, the glorious hit of Shut Up Your Face. I don't think anything else really was done by him as well as, as Manuel. Um, it was he did a lot of voiceover work. He did a lot of... Yeah. Uh, but as I say, that's the reason why he's you the, see He's the voiceover in that, that Peter Kay thing. Oh, really? He does yeah, the no voice way. in every episode. Excellent, right? Didn't know yeah. that. Okay. Manuel. Uh, you have then uh, a couple of... Uh, Cleese, for instance, unfortunately... He talks about it in a stand-up show where he now has a lot of alimony to pay. Yeah. Stupid fucker. Why did he keep doing it? I don't know what's going on. He just walking. Many is it? Four? I don't know. Three four, or four? Three or four ways. So he's One's enough, like? Uh, well, I'm I'm dealing with the, I'm dealing with one at the moment now. I definitely wouldn't want any more. <laughs> see the way you went fucking... See the way you went silent in that one, no? That's because your wife actually listens to this. Yep. Mine doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Proud of me that I care. <laughs> I didn't say anything bad. Emer uh, doesn't give a flying fuck. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, you've got uh, he, he's that's his. He's I, a, I well, don't, what, I don't, what, I, what I'm getting at is he's ended up having to, and I don't want to say lower himself, but he's ended up. He's denied it. Yeah, he's selling himself out a bit by doing the likes of a stand-up tour, which is great to see him because he's fantastic at it. Um, but when I seen the car insurance or some insurance ad on TV yeah. and he's beating the, t- the car with yeah. the branch and it's the fault of hers re- reboot was yeah. it Specsaver or something where he's hitting the police car instead of his own car or something or some yeah. shit they got I was like oh Johnny boy what are you doing you're just fucking murdering a fucking complete classic like, for LaFalpine alimony man just to get your balls tickled divorce settlements in UK and US and yeah, that's right. That's he's got a, he's, he's oh, a transatlantic fucking alimony. Yeah, it's his own fault. Here, you know? <laughs> no. Prozies wouldn't have got. Oh fuck! I have ruined it. You have ruined it. He said the whole thing. We were doing fucking rightly there. Uh, yes, John. So, and just in case anybody hasn't told you, and I know you'll be <laughs> listening. Um, <laughs> prenup, prenup. Um, but they, they, you know, maybe old John Boy actually believes that that they 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 fancy him for his um long gangly skeletal like frame. Yeah, and uh, isn't his new one like a a youngun? They're always younguns. I don't know. I don't know. I don't the way know. you said that, Connor. <laughs> the way you said it. <laughs> They're always younguns. It's not just the way. No, you no, said but it, the, it she the, is. She is like the, the actual touching didn't help. Either, <laughs> <but> <laughs> she is so much younger than him. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it's you know they always say there's a bit of madness with every genius, and uh, could be the guy know, just you know he just he just yeah he's just a fucking sex freak. Uh, but he's done some awful films like remember oh. Rat Race now Rat Race. Oh yes. Oh fuck! Terrible, terrible things. Um, well, but again, you have to say you know I mean it happens that as you say, De Niro was the most uh, prime example of it. Mm-hmm. Take, was actually talking about this on, last night. Takes on shite. Yeah. Um, just to sort of help, help pay the bills. Pay the bills. But I think he was actually paying for film festivals and stuff to help people. <laughs> Cleese is just helping himself. Yeah, just helping himself. And we love him for it. Uh, but if, if I did, did what he did in four years, I, I, I'd do whatever the fuck I wanted from then on in. I wouldn't have done a thing again. <laughs> no. Holy grail, Life of Brian in two seasons. I'd be like, that's me done, by. Sangria. Set, set me up there, son. Open get, up them flags. Get me own Manuel. All right. Away I go. Off to the Bahamas, and that's fucking be seen again. Uh, so if you get a chance, it's on uh, Netflix at the moment. Um, I think 
It's on demand. Uh, Sky as well. With UK Sky Gold. And, uh, UK Gold. So, Faulted Towers is available. Please go and get a watch. Have a rewatch if you've seen it before. And if you haven't seen it, trust me, um, you will love it. Um, and I think you will agree with us that it is one of our best. Yes. And if you don't agree with us, we'll just go, shut up your face. Oh, no. <laughs> shut up oh, your face. What's happened to your voice? You're I don't know. Fucked up? All crazy. It's all going deep and... Dark. It's not going to be good if you have to do like a show later on. But it's a Sunday, so you wouldn't have to. Oh. Mm, I do. Yeah. Ripping. Angela Ripping. Uh, so, yes, I got to hit the road soon, but then it will be grand. Uh, yeah, so have a listen. And thank you very much for listening, as always. And um, I know we lost our Bolivian, too. I don't know where they went I, to. Man. They're gone. Um, I mentioned about fucking surprise, surprise, and people finding people, mm-hmm. and now the Bolivian two have gone, gone, and we've got a Uruguayan and a Brazilian now, and a boy from the Faroe Islands. They're scattering. I don't know what's happening here, but if the Bolivian two listen, if they're uh, if it's a hostage scenario, just let us know. Speak to your local consulate, and they'll get we in can touch we can do shout outs. Yeah, like we know the number of the Sinn Féin office. On I'm, it's up the road, uh, but. And we're in the building down below, so DEP office. We'll get you sorted by your man over there. He's all right. Like, ah, I can, you know, I'll Tommy B. Um, remember to tell you about Tommy B. Oh, that'll be another podcast. Thank you very much for listening, as always. Um, tell your friends, subscribe, like, comment, all that sort of stuff. And um, it helps us when all those big sponsors come approaching us. Mm-hmm. Um, Roller Cola and Patrick Shoes. Yes, we're going absolutely again, and blue ribbons apparently. Blue ribbons. Yeah, they might be coming on board. Whoop, whoop. So uh, <laughs> the gentleman's choice. <laughs> if only. Imagine getting taken on by blue ribbons. No, be fucking lethal. Uh, I'd be selling them out in the corner. I'd be eating. <laughs> well, I I try to sell as much as I can before <laughs> we both finish them. them. Okay, before we go on to the Blue Ribbon uh, Brigade, thank you very much for listening again. I've been Connor Keys, and he's been Ronan Mullen. I have. Until next time, thank you.